Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the house of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprofit.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Continue the everlasting covenant that's turned in Deuteronomy 29 now. Now we kept, or we went through the most of the entirety anyway of 28, hoping that you understand that if you will observe and to do all of my commandments, he said that I will, I will put, send blessings upon you that will hunt you down and overtake you. And that's the kind of place we want to be in. We, we, you know, we're tired of being this downtrodden position. We're, we, we need to move into the things of God. Now, in, in Deuteronomy 29, we're going to look in the ninth verse. Now, it says, Keep, therefore, the words of this covenant. Keep, therefore, the words of this covenant, and do them that ye may prosper in all that ye do. So there's a promise in it. And you need to, to underline that and maybe write the word promise. That we're, we're told here that if we do, uh, you know, if we uh, keep the words of the covenant and do them, that we're going to prosper in all that you do. Now, now you know, we talked uh, somewhat here this morning about the fact that if you, if you get into this thing and you begin to realize, you begin to do the covenant. Now, I know the questions that get asked in this, all right? How long, Mr. Prophet, is it going to take for me doing the covenant before all these things become prosperous unto me? Now listen closely because you're going to love this. This is an answer straight from the throne room of God by a prophet of God. That's long as it takes. Okay? Each of us individually, God's working something out. God's trying desperately to work out into our into, into our spirit man, into our minds, into our bodies, so that we can go forth and we can be an extension. And I, I believe if we can all begin to look at this as an extension of, maybe I should answer the question, is there anybody in this room that God cannot use in some aspect of the ministry? Now listen closely. No, there's not. Every one of you in this room can be used if you'll volunteer yourself by God. All of us to a different extent. There's none of us, bless God, that are anointed alike, but as a whole. And see, that that's the thing that, that over and over and over I try to get through to you is that even though I have seen God do what I've seen God do through all these years, and there's a lot of things that God does with anointing that's in my life, my ministry, but I can't do everything. I wish I could. There's many, many times that, that I think, boy, I just wish that part of the the anointing really works like the rest of it does. And, and, and what happens is that portion of the anointing sporadically will work, but it doesn't work consistently, all right? It just, you know, it's just, this, this young man over here had, had been hit by a car behind, and somehow something happened, and he had a short leg. And he, last night when I prayed with him, uh, that leg just jumped out there. What's that about? Because short legs is something that's within the awesome of this anointing. There was a time when we lined people up across the front here and one service, and I keep asking Donna, how many, Donna? Twelve people, thank you. I'm going to remember that by now. And so there was twelve people sitting in the front here with short legs. 
all had chairs in front of them, shoved back to their hips to the back, and they rolled there and, and walked down through there, and I started to pray for each one of them. God said, no, no. He said, just walk by them all and, and get to the other end and, and, and scream my name. I did. He did. And those legs started growing out on that end like dominoes. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm going there going, and the people are going. I said, well, nobody's more surprised about it than I was. Why? Because you see, I don't know what God's going to do all the time. I just know what God's going to do. After all these years, I've come to a place of realizing God has to have people like you and I. He has to have us. He doesn't have anyone else. He's got us. And bless God, if he, if he doesn't use us, he's not going to use anybody else. Because bless God, unless they come into the thing, they can't be used. So we might as well be used. Somebody say amen. And so that's the reason I'm saying God wants to use you. And with your anointing, and with the anointing that God has given to this prophet, there's no end to what we're not going to be able to accomplish, even while we're still here in the United States of America. And I appreciate each and every one of you. All right? So, let me read again the ninth verse. Keep therefore the words of this covenant, and do them that you may prosper in all that ye do. That's what I want. Isn't that what you want? But notice the prerequisite. You've got to keep, therefore, the words of this covenant. You have to keep that. Now now look with me in the 19th verse. And it came to pass, when he heareth the words of this curse, that he blessed himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of my heart to add darkness to thirst. Now that's what a lot of us are doing. In other words, what's God's word saying, you know, when, uh, the words of this curse. And he says, the Lord will not spare him, but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man, and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him, and the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. And that's no good, is it? You want to talk a little bit about blaspheme in the Holy Ghost? Now get ready. And I will guarantee you that you have probably never heard this statement made. That is a type of blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. So is it doing people any good that are sitting in churches that call themselves Christians to say, oh, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not going to come to pass like that. I, I, I heard the words of the curse, and I'm not concerned about it because I'm a Christian. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. What have you heard this prophet say? The blood of Jesus did not do anything for you except to cleanse you from your sin that you can get into heaven, which is everything in the end. All right? And I think, that, I think that's what becomes scary about all this is that we're running around out here saying, oh, uh, you people, meaning you and I, have a problem. We're going back to the law, and we're going back to all this stuff, and, and, and bless God, they act like we're the ones that are cursed. We're not the ones that are cursed. They're cursed, and there is a danger within that curse of, bless God, having your name blotted out from under heaven itself, and that is a huge danger. Amen? Now, in the 22nd verse, it says, so that the generation to come of your children that shall rise up after you and the stranger that shall come from a far land shall say, when they see the plagues of that land and the sickness which the Lord hath laid upon it. Who laid that upon it? The Lord did. See, that goes back again to the a majority of the church world today keeps saying that, bless God, that God does not bring judgment. He's, not, he's a God of love and he's not into this judgment stuff. 
I know that most all of you, if not all of you in this room, know how dumb that statement really is. And all that tells a prophet like me is how little that they know about the Word of God. You can't study this Word of God and not know that He's not a God of blessings and a God of curses. You can't, you can't study this Word and know that. Uh, the problem is, again, we have spent too much time thinking that the Old Testament, and who, by the way, who named that the Old Testament? God didn't. It's called the writings of the prophets. The Tanakh in Hebrew. Nothing was written down to say, well, this is the Old Testament. But somehow we came up with this idea that now that Jesus came, that he is now the New Testament. Well, he's the New Testament in the blood, meaning that his blood now was able to cleanse away the sins of mankind so we could get to heaven. To that place, the blood of an animal couldn't do. Only the blood of the animal would cleanse their sin for a year. And the church never grasped onto that. Again, whose fault was that? Well... We don't want to point too many fingers, but bless God, it sure wasn't God's fault, all right? Why? Because, again, the covenant, the, the covenant did not change. It did not change in any way, shape, or form. Now, again, I want you to look into the 19th, uh, the 30th chapter, starting into the 11th verse, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 30, 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. And see, somehow we have thought it's been hidden. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou should, uh, shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? The word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. So the word's there. And we think, well, it's been hid. No, it's not. it hadn't been hid. It didn't go anywhere. I, I, I am going to give us a little bit of whatever that is by saying we're told in the Scriptures that both the house of Israel and the house of, of or Ephraim and the house of Judah would be blinded. Christ would become what? A stumbling stone. Messiah would. We're told that. But the fact of it is it is. He goes on and say, See, I set before thee this day life and death, I'm sorry, life and good and death and evil. And you need to also underline that and note that. So that's out there. And that's, that's, what, that's what we're here about this weekend. There, is both, there, there are those things that are out there. There is life and good, death and evil. Now listen, he says, In that I commanded thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee, in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not pro prolong your days upon the land, whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. Now listen to 19. And he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. This is big time stuff. That I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, 
to Isaac, to Jacob, to give to them. So the key is what? That he is the Lord God. He has life and the length of days. He also has the curses and the death. That's the reason he said, I call heaven and earth this day to record this against you. Now that, and that, that's big time serious stuff. So in other words, it's like if you went to the recorder's office at the county seat and you recorded something, it's there, isn't it? It is on record. That's what he did here. He put this on record. The, the problem with the record that he put it on, it's a heavenly record, all right? And which is not going to be taken off, nor is it going to be erased. So he said, he said, I, I, he said, I, I bring that record this again, this day against you. So that you understand that I have placed before you both, both, uh, life and death, blessings and cursings. He said, I placed it there. Now who placed that there? The devil? No, God placed it there. See, again, that takes it away from this thing. Oh, the devil, the devil, Satan, Satan. Now, they're out of the picture, folks. Uh, yeah, they're going to come, bring uh, trials, tribulations, this, that, and everything else, but we've overcome all that. The problem is, is whether we can grasp a hold of and we can understand that, bless God, we have to grab onto life, that us and our seed will live, not just, not just us. I often have said through the years, if you don't want to live righteously for yourself, do it for your children's sake and your grandchildren, okay? Do it that way. Deuteronomy, uh, let's see, we did Deuteronomy 30. Let's do Joshua. And, and, and I always like this so much about Joshua in that first chapter. You know, Joshua agreed totally. Of course, I suppose he would have had to agree totally with that of, of, of Moses. But he was in, you know, he agreed with the book of the law. Totally, 100%. Now listen to what is said here in this eighth verse in this first chapter of Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe and to do according to all that is written therein. Now, I wonder why he was told that he must meditate therein day and night. Well, as human beings, it doesn't take very much for these computer things up here called minds to forget. We can grasp on to something, but then we just kind of, we learn it, go, wow. And then, 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 then the thing goes the other direction. We, we don't seem to remember. And then we come back. See, with ministry, it really, as a minister, or most ministry anyway, is really just a set to, set to remind you of those things that probably you have forgotten. That's the reason that people, I remember hearing an old man say one time because he was, he became quite uh, well known over, uh, bless God, uh, you know, uh, speak into this yon mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea. And if you can believe out of your, out of your, uh, in your heart and speak it out of your mouth, you'll have that whichever you, whatever, soever you sayeth. I didn't quite get that right, but just is there. And somebody said to him, he said, why do we keep going over that all the time? He said, as soon as you get it, we'll move on. And I like that. Because he knew something, didn't he? Even though that sounded so simple, we don't seem to be able to grasp onto those things. See, that's the reason, again, the Lord God said, you know, if you can believe, all things are possible unto you to believe it. Not just every one, every other thing, all things are. Now, in order to be able to attain such positions with God, we have got to bring ourselves in a position of understanding. And I say this uh, numbers of times to large groups of people when I was doing a, a faith message back in those days, that faith grows, and it grows day by day. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Do you know faith 
will also come in hearing stuff that's not from God. We've had faith in a lot of things the church told us that wasn't from God. Faith comes by hearing. So you have to hear. Now, now he's being told here, Joshua's being told here, he said that you must meditate therein day and night, that, 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 that you may do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, let's, let's, let's sort of make an outline or a key to this thing to your walk. Number one thing you're going to have to understand then is that you're not going to let the word of the wall depart out of your mouth. What does that mean? You're going to speak the word. It's important to speak the word. That's part of the faith movement is learn to speak the word. When you have a problem that you pray, take the scripture. Find a, take a concordance. Find the scripture that's the answer to your prayer and pray the word of God. God, your word says, and repeat it. And then thank him for what you received. Then don't go back and spend the rest of the week repeating your, go oh, golly gee, Jesus, I need to be healed prayer. Walk away from it. Then you need to understand that you're going to meditate therein day and night. That's going to get you to the place where you can observe and you can do it all of this according to what's written therein. But you're going to do that. So how much are you going to have to be into reading and learning these things? Day and night. You say, well, I work. That's fine. If you go to work at 6, get up at 5. You need to pray. You need to, you need to pray and seek God first thing off. Then you need to get the Bible. You need to open it up and you need to begin to read and meditate into the Word. Every day. When you come home, do the same thing. When I was on the job, I carried one of those little bitty... It was just a New Testament Bible, they call them. Stuck it in my pocket every day at noon. I got off of myself. I ate my lunch. I sat there and I read Scripture. What is that doing? It's fulfilling Scripture. See, if we, we, we have to, in order to be able to receive, we have to fulfill. Now, let me tell you what a lot of you are doing wrong. A lot of you, bless God, are trying to play this little catch-up game. And you don't do much until you got a crisis or something goes on. And then all of a sudden you have it. Then the bigger problem than that is those of you that are sitting out there waiting on the Lord, come on outside and let's sit down and have a long talk here so I can help you understand what's going on. You folks are going to have one whale of a time coming into this thing. If you're not going to study and meditate this thing, ain't going to make it. This is, listen to me again. The reason I did the thing on divine guidance was try to get you to get your feet down here on the ground with the rest of us. Like I told a young man a couple weeks ago that was about 25, 26 years old that said that he wanted to be in the, you know, he wanted to be under this ministry. I said, I, I told him first off, I said, you, I said, I don't doubt there's not a prophetic call in your life. I don't have, I didn't have a problem with that. I said, do you want to know what the odds are of you becoming a full blown prophet? He looked at me and I said, zero. I said, I see guys like you come and go every month, every week, year in and year out. I've watched it for 30 some years. The key is the Word of God, folks. I told him, I said, now I want you to write down everything God tells you in the next year. I want you to tear it up and throw it in the wastebasket. Don't you tell anybody, and sure don't you bother me by trying to tell me what it is God's telling you, because I could care. Learn the Word. Now, if you didn't get the divine guidance thing and didn't get that out of it, I would greatly suggest that you go back and you study it. In fact, I'm going to tell you something you need to understand. No matter what with all this stuff, this stuff's not going to get old. You go back about every three, four, as long as six months, you go back through that stuff, it's going to speak to you again in a different way. That is the anointing that God put into my life and in my ministry. 
It will keep feeding you at the depth and the place that you need to be fed at now. And then it will do the same thing in a different way three or four months, five months, six months down the road. So you've got to study it. The key is to understand what God said. He said it unto one of the greatest people that I suppose that walked the face of this earth, the name of Joshua. And he said, he said, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. You're going to be speaking it. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest, uh, mayest observe uh, to do according to all that is written therein. And then after all that, after you do that day and night, after you, after you bless God, you, you, the meditation, all this is going on, he said then, your ways shall prosper and you'll have good success. Now, and, and what he's saying here, that is the only way that's going to happen. So come down off the cloud, get down here and live with the rest of us, and get away from this crap of sitting around waiting on God to say, oh, golly gee, you need to go down and curse the mud under the bridge. Get away from that stuff. And some of you don't like that, and I know you don't like that because it's coming out at me like a bull moose, but live with it. Because it's the truth. Get into the Word of God. It is the Word of God that's going to take you through this thing. It's sure not going to be your visitation, but whatever it is, whether it's God, the devil, or somewhere in between all that or your mind itself, isn't what's going to bring you through this thing. And you've got to get a hold of that and understand it. I don't sit around trying to live off of an angel showing up. I live according to the Word of God. You go to bed with it, you wake up with it. You go through it in the day. You quote, I quote scripture and scripture and scripture and scripture and I read and I study. That's the reason, that's the reason I can take you to the depths that God has given to me because I have had to bring myself to those depths. So you can't, you can't come up here and teach this kind of stuff if you've never lived it. You can't even start to teach it. My, my cry, my cry, my plea to you is come down off of that spiritual cloud that you're trying to live on and get into the Word of God, because that is your answer. Now, if anybody doesn't understand that, please stand up, and I'll tell you in a way that you can. That's supposed to be a joke, but at this point, nobody's, at this point, nobody's going to smile, right? But that is most of the problem. I shouldn't have said most of the problem in this room. It's not mostly the problem in this room. But it is a problem, all right? Go to Judges. Simple with the book of Judges. Second chapter. And I think as more we go through this, I think more... And more and more you're going to realize how much it is and, and, and what God is really doing through this thing. He's really and truly trying to, to orientate us to a new way, a way that we've never known before. Uh, I, I think that the, the Pentecostal, the charismatic movement, run a lot of us. They're trying to get us into this woo, spiritual side of this thing. And you are first place in blood. That's what the Bible teaches. And we're going to have to understand that the supernatural side is there. We, have, we will keep working at through, uh, through uh, seminars of uh, helping you get further into that. But right now, where we want to start is at the beginning, okay? That's, a, that's the reason some of you are waiting on me to say God's going to use you, God ain't going to use you to get in the Word, okay? Somebody said, well, I'm just going to do it. I said, well, you know what? You just keep studying it, keep writing the essays, keep, keep it all down, and I said it's going to work for you. But it isn't going to come because God speaks to me that you were out in the back 40 the other night and he happened to speak to you and you're ready to do something for God. If you can't teach this stuff and know what you're teaching, we can't use you here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, let's go on. Judges 2.1. And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum 
and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swore unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Now, under, underline the word or the words, I will never break my covenant with you. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Is that something? I will never break my covenant. See, folks, it just, and I hope, I know you're getting a hold of this, but it just goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. I'll never break my covenant with you. He'll never break this covenant with you. So hopefully at this point in time, you and I can deduct from this is, if he will never break the covenant with me, then why is it not working for me? Deduction, I broke it with him. See, there's no, there, there is no alternative to it. If he never will break the covenant, then how did he get broken? Why is it that we're sick? How come this is going on? How come that's going on? Wouldn't you like to get to the point where God would honor your words when you spoke them? Sure you would. I can tell you that will only take you about 20, oh, 25 years or better in ministry. And then it may come to the place where God will trust you, where he can say to you, you speak it and I'll honor it. But you're going to go through two kind of hell for that's ever going to happen to you. Why? Because most of us would like to do that to our own gain or to prove that he's God or more than that to prove somebody else that bless God that uh, <clears throat> you can yield that kind of power and none of which is going to make God smile. That's the reason you see God knows what, again, the purpose and the intent of this. Now if I was to put around a piece of paper this afternoon and I was to ask everybody in this room, I want you to write down why that you would like to have the power to curse. You'd be surprised all the answers I'd get. You'd also be surprised at all the lies that would be written down in the paper. Most of the motivation is me, myself, and I. That's the reason God doesn't turn us loose with that kind of power until he knows that he can completely trust us. Remember uh, me saying that uh, finally here a few years back when the Lord sent the angel and the angel said, you've now become God's friend. I looked at that angel and I said, well, I thought I've always been his that you've now become his friend. You now don't need to ask for signs. You speak it, and we'll bring it to pass. That's awesome stuff. It took me a while to get to the place where I, I, I could really receive what that angel had brought to me that day. That I was in a position now that I'd never been in before. I was in a position now, oh, I had done it before. I'd been in a position, bless God, where I had spoken things and I'd seen it happen but not in the position that I was now in, a position I could speak to whatever I wanted to speak to, whenever I wanted to speak to it. I could speak life. I could speak death. I could speak blessings. I could speak cursings. Now, will you come to that point? I don't know whether everybody will, but there will be many of you that will. Okay, I can't, you know, I, I don't know that. I know that the, everyone in this room will work the works of God. I know that everyone in you in this room, when I get done with this series on faith and the series that I'm going to do on healing, and I pour about how many gallon of water it's going to take, I assure you, you're going to leave here changed as you've never known yourself to be changed, and you ain't going to be safe to be around for at least six months. Because you're going to want to pray for everything that moves. And you're going to be asking those people those same questions. Do you need prayer? They'll say, no, are you sure? I'm ready. 
they'll say, boy, is there something wrong with you? Yeah, I got turned on to the man upstairs because I found out the covenant works. See, you have a promise. You have a contract that he said I'll never break. You see, the problem with us, the contract only gets broken one direction, doesn't it? It's not God that breaks it. It's always us that breaks the contract. Now, again, if I was God and fooled around with some of people like me that broke the contract, come back, repented, restored the contract, broke the contract, I'd just zap them out with a piece of lightning, that'd be the end of that, and I wouldn't have to worry about messing with them anymore. That's the reason with God, three strikes, you're not out. Somebody say amen. God wants to work with you and I to such an extent (laughs) that word long-suffering he invented. Okay? He invented it. Because you and I want it. We want it right now. We don't want it next week. We don't want it next month. I want it now. Why, 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 why? Now, how do I know that? You're hearing me. God, why do I, I got to fly on that airplane? I'm tired of flying on them airplanes. God, can't you fix it up? Give me this transla- translation thing. Now, that's the way for me to travel, Lord. I just zap myself over. I don't even have to take any clothes and zap myself back. I'll have whatever I've got on. Where I'm And you know what the Lord God says through the angel to me? Listen. Nothing. When he says promote not those angels, don't provoke them. Because within them, they carry my name. And they won't be provoked. You've got to learn where that line's at. (laughs) And through the years, I've uh, pushed that line a time or two. And uh, through those years, I've had the angel come and say, don't you ever. Don't you ever do that again. When that comes to me, you want this old farm boy does? I ain't going to do that no more. Now, I may mess up and do something else, but it's not going to be that one. Because I know they're nobody to mess with. Because within them, they carry the name of the Most High. Now, First Chronicles, if you will. I haven't had anybody say, boy, it's nice that you just let us walk right back through this like this with you. and We don't get into this thing where we got... You know, we jump here, we jump there. I mean, it's okay. You don't have to thank me. I mean, I just, you know, something I wanted to do for you that I thought it was just so pleasant and kind. I'll shut up, Deckard, and get to the Word. First uh, Chronicles 16, 7, trying to brag on yourself to have somebody pat you on the back. Okay. 16, 7, First Chronicles. Then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord under the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon Him, make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him, sing psalms unto Him, talk ye of all His wondrous works, glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord, seek the Lord and His strength, seek His face continually. Now there again, that doesn't mean just once or twice. Remember His marvelous works that He had done, His wonders and His judgments of His mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servants, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God, his judgments are in, in all the earth. Now, I think that's important, and a lot of people don't know that. When, when this is stated like that, that his judgments are in all the earth, what that really amounts to is that those curses that he said that if you don't, then these curses will come... That's those judgments, and they've been placed in this earth. In other words, they're just, they're just as automatic as, as the promises, all right? And he's, he goes on to say here, 
be ye mindful, 15, always of his covenant. There he, there he goes to it, doesn't he? Be mindful always of his covenant. The word which he commanded to a thousand, there's that thousand generations again. Well, I'm giving you some strong meat here, folks, some, some big-time artillery to begin to use back. Even of the covenant which he made with Abraham and the oath unto Isaac, and he hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. There's the word everlasting. Saying unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when you were but few, even a few, and strangers in it. And when they, they went from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Why? Because they kept the covenant. No man. Now, isn't that something? He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Well, hallelujah. Sing unto the Lord, all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For he is great, for great is, I'm sorry, for great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. And, and you know, we have talked somewhat about the fact of the problem that we really, we don't really don't fear God. And I, again, I think that we got trying to bring God down here on our own plane. I think we did that in the charismatic movement when we got calling Big Brother Jesus, and he's my brother. And, and in other words, we tried to actually make him like flesh and blood. And, and he's not flesh and blood. He's God. He's to be feared. And bless God that if we're not going if we're not going to fear Him, then what we're going to, what's going to happen is we're going to get ourselves in a position to bless God to have to reap the curses on the other end. See, if you had a dog, no, if your neighbor had a dog, and that dog was able to just to get out to the other side of the sidewalk that you had to walk by every day, okay, and you knew that that dog's chain would let that dog come out there where you were at. And you could, there was a wall there, and it was about eight feet tall that ran right alongside that sidewalk, and that dog could actually run over and touch that wall. Well, every day that you came out across there, you're going to be wondering, where's that dog at? Because that dog bites. All right? So you're going to, you're, 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 now, I made it. Huh? That's what we do with God. Only we don't do it in that manner. We just walk out across there and get bit. Huh? Well, you say that's blind faith. No, that's stupidity. Blind faith is, bless God, when you believe God for something that, bless God, that blind faith is the only way to receive it. I mean, it's like when I teach faith, when you hear me teach faith, I didn't see anybody come in this room and pick one of those chairs up today and look on the bottom to see who, who manufactured it, how sturdy it was, Stand on it, jump up and down a few times to be sure it was going to hold you. Know you just came down and and flopped yourself right in the lower end posterior down on it, and that was it, didn't you? That's blind faith. That's what blind faith is all about. You start your car when you go out there. In most cases, unless you had one like I've had from time to time, it took prayer before we hit the ignition key. But most of us go out there and just think it's going to far up. It fires up. Blind faith. If you can have faith like that, and you can turn that faith into the faith that God wants you to have. You're going to have big time faith, and that's where we're going to bring you to because we're going to bring you to big time faith. This isn't see the, the, the old story. It is this isn't for the faint of heart. This is for the army of God. 
And we are teaching you tactical warfare methods in which you are going to not only be the winner, but you are going to stay the winner. And that's what we're going to do with you. We're going to bring you to that point. And we've got to first reestablish some things in you. It's like I told you in the beginning of, of, these, um, of these seminars. I said, you know, one of the things about what we do is you, we, you're go- some of you are going to have to unlearn to be able to learn. The unlearning process is tough, folks, because we have been, we have been given so much junk of religion that it's hard to get into this thing and define, well, that, you know, I know, but I, I love my church and I believe they were right in this one. This one I think they were right in. And, and like I said, you've got to get to the point where you're able to put it all out there on the table and you're able to say, okay, Lord, I give this thing to you. You're going to have to show me here. We're going to have to go back through this, and I've got to understand what's right from what's wrong, and we're going to get to the bottom of this thing. Now, what do I have to offer in the fact of this being truth? And I love this because I know that I've got the goods on you here, okay? And when people come to me and say, well, I don't, you know, this, this covenant thing, and they will, and they have over this other stuff. You know, that's the way I tell them, and the way you're going to be able to tell them one day, oh, let me see if I can explain this to you. I've seen God raise the dead. I've seen all manner of disease healed. I've seen hundreds of thousands of people given miracles to through the years uh, doing what I'm doing here with this like this. Uh, what, what, what do you do with what you believe? What, 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 have you, what, 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 what can you compare this to? Can you turn hurricanes? Bless God, can you call whales in, which seems a little ridiculous, but we talked about that the last time. Can you cause fog to come up out of a 4,000 foot uh, gulch and clear in, in a matter of 15, 20 seconds? Well, see, I do this, and I'm able to do all that. Now, you tell me what you can do with this nonsense and the way that you serve God. Now, folks, again, you don't have to be a theologian or a rocket scientist to decide that, hey, I think I'll go over and see what the prophet's doing and see if it won't work for me. And that's the advantage that we have. I work this stuff, and I back it up with signs and wonders. That's the key to this thing. Shooting your mouth off isn't going to get you anywhere with it even though the Word should be able to do what it does, and I think in this case with what we're doing with the covenant that it will, it still is the same. And, and, and you know, there again, uh, people look at me and say, well, I don't have anything to say about that. And I said, I'll bet you don't. Because the fact of the matter is, this is what I do. This is what I'm called to do. And I thank God that some of you are called to be here to be part of what we're doing. Second Chronicles 34, if you'll turn there. 34. Second Chronicles 34:29. Then the king sent and gathered unto all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests and the Levites and all the people, uh, great and small. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant between before the, the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all of his heart, uh, with all of his soul, to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And you need to underline the entirety of that 31st verse or to mark it in some way that you can go back and study it. There's something very important that happened here. Okay? What happened when the king read all of the book of the law then he did something very important in 31. 
And he said, And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord. He made a covenant before the Lord. And the covenant was to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart, not part of it, and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. We're going to talk about and we're going to do a few more scriptures here in a while to show you the importance of you making the covenant with God. He's made it with you, okay? If you as a male have been circumcised, then you have confirmed the covenant, whether you knew you did or you didn't, all right? But it's also important that you will come before the Lord and you will make your covenant with Him. He's made His covenant with you. Now, what is your covenant with Him? Well, well, here in this case, the king said that he said that, you know, he said, I'm going to keep all the, all the, all the book of the law. And I'm going to serve God with everything that's in my heart. I'm going to do everything that I can do. And I'm going to keep all the words of the covenant. That was his covenant back to God. Now, what is that? It's a promise. Yes. It is, is it bless God, uh, a contract? Absolutely it is. So, the king wasn't afraid to say, okay, I accept this. And the way he accepted it was, now listen, he signed the covenant. Now, we're going to, and I'm not sure at this point, even now, what God's going to have us to do about those of you that might want to bless God enter into the covenant. Some of you in this room, it, it, it will never fail. There's going to be some of you that's going to do this, and then you're going to drop away. And the, the, the thing that, that concerns me is that I know that you can't understand the depth of this thing, Totally. Now, some of you can more so than others, and I know that. But my fear is that you come and you make the covenant, then you fall away. And folks, you want to talk about hell coming home to visit. You're going to see hell come home to visit. You don't need that. Okay? You are vowing a vow before the Lord God. And worse than that, you're standing before a major prophet of God that's telling you all this stuff. And if you're going to be zealful enough to come up here and do something out of the, 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 the flesh of your heart instead of your spirit, you could be in trouble. Now, why would I say that? Because I fear for you. This isn't a game. Folks, we have run to the altars of the churches. We have volunteered, oh, send me, Lord, I'll do it all. We have gone to the services to become all anointed vessels of God and gone up and had promises made to us. We've had people prophesy over us. Oh, I see you, brother, going to be such and Every time somebody says, come to the altar, bless God, back up. They're going to knock the altars down if there's some way to knock them down. And I keep saying, it's life, it's death, it's blessings, it's cursing. That's what this is. There isn't anything in between this. It isn't fun and games. It's not hot dogs and beer in the parking lot outside. This is life and it's death. You have to choose. Some of you are going to have to choose this weekend. Are you really willing to commit your life or you just want to commit your life until something else comes along so you can think you can uncommit it? And i got news for you. You're not going to uncommit what you commit in this room this weekend to God. So don't get foolish. Don't get stupid because this isn't the time. All right? This is real. And this is going to make you. It's going to change you. It's going to bring you to places that you never even do. I'm going to tell you something. Your thoughts have never gone to the places that God's going to take you through it. But he's going to take you there. If, in fact, you 
can understand what God's trying to do for you. Okay? Now, now, now I'm going to tell you something. I deem this more than just a little exciting. All right? Then now, now look at uh, look at this. Um, it goes on to say, 32. And he caused all that were in the presence in Jerusalem and and, and Benjamin to stand to it. They had him to stand. They stood with him. And, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God and the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the, the countries that pertained to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all and all his days they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. So the covenant that he made, they kept. And what happened? God blessed them. See, uh, you know, the, the way that I, I look at this thing, I look at Israel keeps the covenant, Israel prospers. Israel breaks the covenant, Israel goes into bondage. All kind of hell happens. Some one of the prophets comes along, one of the priests comes along, one of the kings comes along, says, oh, the book of the law will keep it. I covenant the Lord God. God prophets, prophets. Then they're doing good for a generation or so, and then all of a sudden what happens? They lose the covenant. <laughs> they forget the covenant. And sometimes it's so lost, they got to dig it out and knock the dust off of it and begin to read it again. Oh, this is what we're doing wrong. So bless God, they begin to do what? Make covenant and keep covenant. Get blessed by God. They're cursed by God. They're blessed to God. They're cursed to God. They're blessed to God. They're cursed to God. They're blessed to God. I often wonder that when some point in time when somebody didn't say, are we walking in the blessings or cursings this month? I don't seem to remember. And somehow that's what we have done in the church. Only we never got to the blessings. We claimed, we claimed something that we weren't coveted to. We never signed the contract. Oh, Jesus was the contract. No, Jesus was the continuation, now listen to me, of the covenant. And if you will get that down this weekend, you may have learned more than you've learned for a long time. He was a continuation of the covenant. He wasn't the end of the covenant. He was a continuation of the covenant. This this, with Ephraim coming home, is a continuation of. This is the stirring of the remnant of God that will be brought back in the last days, saith the Lord. And that's what this is. It's a continuation. He said, I will never break my covenant. He said, I'll never break it. He said, it will go for a thousand generations. Now, now, if you want to add up from the time that it started to when Jesus Christ came on the scene and went off the screen, a scene, off the screen, <laughs> Hope the same. Uh, you'll find out that that was not forty thousand years. Okay, you'll find that out. So, where does that leave us? It leaves us, bless God, holding the popsicle out in one hundred and two degree, degrees heat that's melting about as fast as we can look at it. We messed up. We defiled God, and then started running around trying to claim all this stuff and. Then the charismatic comes along and says, oh, the, pro the problem is you're not giving us all your money. If you'll give us all your money now and, you know, and write all that and give it all to us, then this thing will straighten itself out and everything's going to be fine. Well, we all got in line and tried that too, didn't we? And that didn't work. Well, let me tell you what's wrong. And then we went to the next thing. Seven simple steps to get into heaven. Seven simple steps to financial success. All that went over big in America because America is after money. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God said that He would prosper us and we would be of good success. Now, 
being prospered and being good success can be financial, okay? And it will be in many cases. But health is part of that. Having a family that's all intact is part of that. See, when I, when I prophesied back in the 70s where it would come a time when the children would run the homes, people, <laughs> I said, yeah, they're going to run the homes to such an extent that the, that the parents will be in bondage to the children. Well, Dad, if I can't stay out till 1 o'clock, I'm going to call 911 and I'm going to tell them that you've done such and such. Our children hold us in bondage. The Bible says you spoil the rod, or spare the rod, you spoil the child. I'll get it here in a minute. I am absolutely confident. They come in here and come to church and I was always an advocate of saying, bring the children into the sanctuary so that they can sit under the anointing of the prophet, which is the anointing of God. And I said that that anointing, that they need to learn to sit, and they got, and when they're children, it's more they've got to learn to sit. Things would get out of hand. Sometimes I'd have to start, stop the service, and I said, listen, take the child out and console them, bring them back in. I said, the problem was that there's people around you that don't have children that came here to learn something that at this point can't hear, so be kind. Sometimes they went out and come in. Most times they went, and got, went out, got in the car, left, and never came back. And then finally, I made this statement. Now, we, we can do this one of two ways. You can teach your child to mind at home because when they come through those doors, the prophet's going to see to it they do. Whether you like it or they like it, they're going to behave in the house of God. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. I had times when I made all the teenagers come up and sit in the first four rows. That didn't work out very well either with them. I went through something like about six to eight year, uh, years, six to eight months, where I made them all sit with their parents. Because they were sitting back at home. What's that all about? It's called discipline. That's what we lack, is discipline. We're so used to jumping from one thing to the next, 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 the brothers and sisters, we're not even sure where we're going to leap to next. We're just waiting for somebody to say jump. And that's what's getting us in trouble. God is looking for steadfastness is what God's looking for. God is looking for somebody. I call it bulldog tenacity where you just latch on with them teeth, and I don't care if they shake you, you're going to hang on. You ain't turning loose. That's what you got to have in this time. It isn't whether you feel good today or you feel good tomorrow. By His stripes, you're healed. That's the reason I said, you know, healing is such a simple thing, and yet it's so complicated at the same time. I, and then people come and say, well, I don't understand. I said, why don't you understand about it? By his stripes, you're healed. I said, they're, they're, when, you, when you say, God, heal me by the stripes that you bore upon the tree, and in your name, Jesus, I'm healed. You know what happened? You're healed. The spiritual contact with God came. You stood upon that portion of the Word of God. Now, is that part of the covenant within itself? No, that's that's a different that's a different that's a whole different thing. We'll get to that when we get to the faith thing. Will it work for those of you that aren't covenant to God? Yes, it will. 
There's some of these things that will work. That's one of them. Now you're going to say, now you're confusing me. Well, take that thought and stick it in your back pocket and hang on to it the next time, okay? But you see, the physical manifestation of, uh, manifestation of healing can be, and often is, kind of tricky. Because that's when grandpa, great-grandpa, great-great-grandpa, and great-great-great-grandpa can come into play. Their sins passed to you can cause you. You know why most of you wear glasses today? If not, well, all of you wear glasses today? But somewhere up the line, somebody in, in the parents, three or four generations up, in, into the parent line of that thing, the father, stole. The Bible says. You say, well, I'm wearing the curse? You bet you are. What did I say? If you don't want to live righteous for yourself, you do it for your children. The reason I'm blessed, I had godly, godly great-great-great-grandparents. I had godly great-grandparents and godly grandparents that served the Lord God. And I thank God that they did. I don't have to fight all this a lot of the stuff that other people fight are the curses that came down because of the junk that they pulled. You say, well, that's not fair. No, it's not. Take it up with God. Don't provoke the angel, though. Okay. No, it's not. Not in our realm. But see, that's the reason we don't understand that other realm over there. We think we do. We tried to figure it, but we don't. What we think that other realm is all about is bless God so we can use that to make our feel, ourselves feel good about our spirituality. And as I told you, that spirituality won't get you anywhere. Not the covenant. Now there's added things that, that, that that can add to down the line for you. And bless God should add to you down the line. But you, you gotta protect this thing and you gotta understand that within this thing, that, that what you first have to do is first things first. First things first, you have to have covenant back unto the Lord God that is the covenant. Okay? He said, I'll make an everlasting covenant. Now, what again that we, we got to see in here was that the man of God went back and he made a covenant then. He covenanted himself back unto the, to, unto the Lord God. And uh, we, like I said, we, we'll deal with that later. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Thank you.